First, though, on Twitter, at ShutdownLine, prominent voice in the hockey analytics community, Corey Schneider on the line. Corey, how's it going, man? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you. So before we, we get going here, explain to our listeners your role in the hockey analytics community and uh, all the manual tracking that you're doing. Well, basically, uh, a few years ago, a lot of people in the uh, blogging community felt kind of limited by uh, the data that's available in the NH, uh, on the NHL's website. So guys like Eric Tolsky Jeff, uh, and Jeffrey Detweiler were started tracking zone entries for teams. And uh, uh, that led to a few projects, including one of mine. And then Brian Stimson started tracking passing plays and uh, – and that led to his own project, and I started tracking data for that last year. And uh, basically what I do is just collect all this, collect the data, and then people like Ryan and uh, Charlie O'Connor from The Athletic uh, do, a lot of, do a lot of analysis with it. And uh, it's been pretty cool to see. Like, there's been a lot of really interesting projects done with some of the data that uh, we've collected over the past few seasons. So when you track zone entries and zone exits, what sort of things do you track? How do you categorize them? And, and what ultimately are you looking at if a player is, is good at gaining or exiting the zone? Well, basically with zone entries, it's uh, pretty straightforward. You're looking at who entered the zone uh, and uh, whether or not they did it with possession. So whether they carried the puck in or passed it to a teammate, that's a, a controlled entry. And those have been shown to uh, lead to more shots and more and uh, better better uh, zone time than just dumping the puck in and having a teammate go get it. And with zone exits, kind of the same thing. Only you're exiting the zone. You're looking at whether you're looking at if the uh, player you're looking at if the player uh, carried the puck out or passed it to a teammate or just dumped the puck off the glass and had someone else go get it or ice the puck. So when we move over to shots and scoring chances, we know not all shots should be considered equal based on location on the ice pressure, passes prior to the final release. But to take it a step further, how have you divided the ice so you can properly track? Well, with scoring chances, I'm pretty basic with that. I just looked at the shot came from the home plate area within the face-off circles. That's been kind of the... Uh, that's been kind of the accepted area that a scoring where a scoring chance comes from we know that more goals are scored from there and uh and i just kind of stick to that when it comes to looking at scoring chances obviously there's more to it like you have to look at screens and stuff which i do uh when you look at shots from the outside but as far as scoring chances go i keep it pretty straightforward you can follow Corey on Twitter at ShutdownLine. Corey, looking at passes and shot assists, uh, which is one of the, the newer concepts in hockey analytics, how much of an uptick do we see in the likelihood of goals being scored when we see a set amount of shot assists prior to that final shot? Yeah, this is something that uh, Ryan uh, has looked at before in the past with, uh, some, of his, with some of his old projects. And... Uh, uh, a shot is more likely to go in if there is one pass, and if there's two passes, the shooting percentage goes up even more. So passing does have a pretty big uh, influence on whether or not uh, a shot a shot is more likely to uh, beat a goaltender. And uh, add, to add to it, uh, to add to that also, uh, shots that uh, we also look at a type of pass. So if a pass goes back to the points, or if it crosses the slot, or if it comes from behind the net. That also has a that also has an impact on uh, shooting percentage. 
in conversation with Corey Schneider on Twitter at ShutdownLine. Let's move over to some teams now here, Corey. We got the Philadelphia Flyers. They're sitting uh, as of Saturday at 8, 6, and 2. They have four players that are scoring above a point per game. One of those players is Captain Claude Giroux, who struggled to produce at 5-on-5 five five last season. Now, their power play has always been real good, always been money. Uh, what differences are you seeing in this Flyers team this season? And do you believe that they can ride Brian Elliott and Michael Newworth into a playoff spot? Yeah, well, last year they couldn't score at all at 5-on-5. No. And, uh, I've, and, uh, and uh, I tracked their entire season last year, and they were one of they they, they uh, had took more point shots than almost any other team in the league. They did more passing plays back to the point, so that so it's possible that that had an influence on like on their inability to score five on five. And this year, there's been more of an effort to work the puck to to the slide, be more creative in the offensive zone, not always defer back to the point, so someone like Gudis or Gossespierre can take like a fifty foot shot. You know, on the goaltender, and uh, the top line uh, that they just put together this year with uh, Sean Couturier centering Drew and Voracek, they've been especially good at it. Like they, they're pretty excellent when it comes to moving the puck across the ice and uh, getting it across the slot. And it's just, uh, it's been, it's been a pretty big revelation for them. Although, like they're still kind of in the middle of the pack when it comes to goal scoring, but it's a huge improvement over last year. So let's finally uh, get to a team you used to cover here, Corey. The Carolina Hurricanes, once again, one of the possession darlings in the NHL. Now, they have a, a really good young defense core. Just can't seem to put the puck in the net. When will we see this team finally being able to put it all together now that they have somewhat stabilized goaltending? Yeah, it's kind of hard to say with them right now because yeah. they've, played, they've played so few games. They've only played 14 and they've looked kind of all over the map uh, in in every game I've watched. Sometimes, some nights they score five, and some nights they score just enough. And other nights it looks like last year where they can't score at all. But uh, I think they're kind of, I think they've shown some improvement. Like if you look at uh, how much they're scoring a five on five this year, it's a little better than it was last year. They're not in the bottom ten anymore. And uh, like the big problem with them has just been the power play. It's just a mess right now. They they have only one goal in their last uh, five or six games, I believe, and I think that's what's kind of setting them back right now and why they haven't really been able to put a few wins together. So we'll see how it goes as we get deeper into the season, but right now it's just really tough to tell with them because they haven't really played much hockey. Yeah, and it's it's a tough division, too. Like, they're in last in the Metro, but they're above 500. You can't say that about any mm-hmm. other division. So it's uh, at least early on, it is a, a tough division. Uh, Corey, where can people find your, your tracking projects? Plug what you're working on here. All right. Uh, you can follow me at ShutdownLine on Twitter. And uh, I usually put a few, I usually post a few graphs after I track a game of the uh, stats that I do. Uh, some of it is up on my site, uh, theenergyline.wordpress.com. And uh, I'm doing some writing this year for Five for Howling, the Coyotes SB Nation site. So I'm kind of doing a lot of things this year. Nice. Good stuff, man. Well, really appreciate you taking the time here. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Corey. That is Corey Schneider on Twitter, as he said, at ShutdownLine.